Facts of Faith. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to Facts of Faith with me, Naye Lupondwana. Have you ever heard of people of faith talking about heaven or hell? Have you ever heard how passionate they speak of this utopian abode where everyone will end up if they've been good? And yet, when it comes to going there, nobody wants to go there because the way through is death. When people speak of heaven, they speak of a place that is so desirable and they would read all sorts of documents that inspire them to anticipate how beautiful, how glorious this place will be. Almost like a utopia. But for you to get to heaven, you need to die first and nobody wants to die. Why? Why is it that you don't want to die if you know that when you die, you'll go to heaven? That's not even the issue. The issue now is, is it possible that there is no such thing as heaven? Is it possible that perhaps we know very well that there is no heaven, which is why we don't want to die? Because if you're having a terrible life right now and there's a heaven somewhere, surely you'd want to go there. If you know then therefore that you don't want to die, is it possible that this is just a human construct conjured up and put together, packaged to control us, to sedate us, to calm us down? Is it ever possible that we have been lied to and we have internalized that lie? Well, joining me now to give us some perspective on this question is Dr. Nogzola Mdende. She is a practitioner and leader of the African indigenous religion, author, a diviner, and a former lecturer at the University of Cape Town and the University of South Africa. Dr. Mdende is also the traditional, a traditional healer, and she heads up Itamag Institute. Dr. Mdende, good morning to you, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Uh, good morning, Nae. Good morning to the listeners. Thank you for inviting me. And also, we do have the good Reverend Professor Vianney Vellem. He's a professor from the University of Pretoria in Systematic Theology and Ethics and Director of the Center for Public Theology. Reverend Professor, good morning to you, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. <laughs> good good morning, Nae, and uh, good morning to Dr. Mdenden. And also, we do also have the good Rabbi David Nossel. He is a community rabbi of Waverly Shul and a qualified medical doctor. He comes to us, giving us some perspective from the Jewish faith. Good morning to you, uh, Rabbi, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good morning to you, Naya, and uh, it's a delight for me to be able to join you on the show. And good morning to uh, other esteemed guests and to the listeners. Now, let's get down to it. It's supposed to be an hour, but in truth, it is not really an hour. So I want to open the lines right now. 891 Most important are your views, South Africa. What do you believe is the true construct of heaven? Should we believe that heaven is a reality as scriptures, whether it is the Quran, whether it is the Bible, whether it is the Torah, or any other connecting documents? Is it possible that we are imagining this and we are coaxed to imagine this by these religious documents? Or perhaps we know that it is a lie and we're just happy to live with that light. lie. rather. 891 You can find us on Twitter, SFM Radio. Facts of Faith begins right now. Facts of Faith. 
Let's begin with you, Reverend Professor Vianney Valem. Is heaven a reality? And if it is, why is it Christians don't want to ri- don't, don't want to die? You know, I was laughing as you introduced this topic. <laughs> um, let me put it this way: I believe that uh, heaven is a place. It is spatial. It is temporal. Uh, it is also uh, metaphorical. And I think, briefly, you are correct in the sense that we use language, imaginary uh, constructs, and so forth to define one important thing, the reality of afterlife concepts. Because uh, our faith uh, does carry an important teaching. There is life after death. The afterlife promises, end of time, concepts and so forth so if if, if, if there is an afterlife reverend i want us to get to that point if there is an afterlife why do people not want to go there why don't people want to leave this horrible life and go to the afterlife which is utopian yes perfect because you see the idea of 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 afterlife is is linked to the notion of salvation and i think your 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 introductory remarks are spot on because uh, how uh, we we respond to the question, what is it that we are saved for? What is it that we are saved from? The uh, dominant teaching uh, in Christianity, because there are many uh, contestations about this, the dominant teaching, uh, which, which, which has been part of the problem, is the promise of this afterlife, as if we were to wait for it. But there is another tradition that says all these aspects of the promises of salvation could be experienced in the here and now. Uh, So the answer to this question is what? In other words, uh, yes. In other words, uh, if you begin to look at it that way, death in actual fact becomes uh, one of the most important things to teach us how to live. See what I mean? Rather than wait to die in order to go elsewhere. So effectively, you're saying that this is a concept used to really sedate us, to calm us down, to control us. It has been used that way. Okay. Definitely. All right. Let's find I, what. I, I, we don't have to dispute that. I mean, I can give a lot of examples. Don't worry. We'll, you'll get the chance to breathe more on this matter. Dr. Mdende, <laughs> what do Africans believe about heaven? Do we really believe in heaven? And if we do, why are we so apprehensive about going there? No, Nye. What is happening with us is um, we believe in the afterlife that once you die, you are going to the spiritual world where God and ancestors are. And what but is that place our, called? Our people speak about heaven and hell because most of our people, not on African religion, because the concept of heaven and hell was introduced to us by the missionaries in order to control us. That is why I always laugh when I look back at my younger ages when we were told that if you work on Sunday, you'll be taken to the moon, and you can see there's a woman there yes. carrying a, a bucket and, and, so and, and all would that. See, yes. we would see that woman. Yes. So that this is just a mental construct. So you believe in the afterlife. What do you call the afterlife? Well, what do we call... We, we, we believe in, uh, in the community of the living and the deceased. 
Yes. That is why we always communicate with the deceased. That is our ancestors always performing rituals for them. The afterlife is called in my language, Kolemimoy. That's the very place, Elimoya. Why is it that... Elimoya, that is the world of the ancestors and yes. God, because from our beliefs, God is the spirit and ancestors are also in the spirit. Form. I understand, ma'am. What I'm trying to establish is, if in at that place there is God and these people are now omnipresent and they're living forever and ever, why is it we don't want to go there? No, no, it's, it's not true when it comes to our place. Because life is a journey from conception until death. That is why we, what we don't, what we don't want is for a young person to die. Otherwise, at the age of uh, the elderly, that is when people are expected to join the ancestors. Even with the young, ma'am, if that place is perfect, is heavenly, it's sublime, why do we not want our children to go there? Because, because our, you know, the belief is that when you grow, you must uh, 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 teach the children from generation to generation. So the tradition must go on. So if this one goes, dies young, has not passed through those rites of passages. So it's, it's, a, it's a very sad uh, thing for to do that. We expect everybody to to, 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 to reach adulthood let's, so let's, that there is that rite of passage from adulthood to the spiritual world. Even with those that die at a, at a ripe old age of 80, 90, 100, we cry for them. Why do we cry for Why aren't we celebrating that finally they have gone on to this perfect world? You know, the death, the death is regarded as a, a, a physical separation between the living and the deceased. And that person is en, en route to, 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 to ancestors. But now to be separated physically with this person for good, well, it's not a nice thing. That is why when, when an elderly person passes on, you, you don't see people crying as such. You only see when a person dies of accident, when a person dies young, because this was unexpected. But if it's an old person, we say he or she has gone to join the elderly. I have you seen grown see men crying. crying for their grandmothers. Grown men you crying see, for their grandmothers. You see, you see, you see now, the young ones will cry for grandmother because they were so attached to grandmother. I'm talking about and the grown ones. No I'm talking about men, 40, 45, people my age, crying for their grandmothers. Because of the permanent physical separation. Is it because they are ignorant of the fact that the grandmother is now gone to a perfect place, this idyllic place? Because they, 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 they didn't want the mother to be separated because the grandmother was teaching them, was loving them and so on. So there would be minus that love. So they wouldn't want to be separated with that one. All right. When we come back, we'll find... It's just that love. Okay. 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 We'll we'll, we'll interrogate a bit of those concepts when we come back. When we we come back, we want to find out what the Jewish perspective of this is and how we should understand this. And by the way, South Africa, we we have to be... uh, 
real with ourselves. If we really, really, really believe in this heaven, this perfect place, perhaps we should follow the route of the suicide bombers. These are the guys who say, I'm going to take myself out because I know I'm going to a better place. I'm not talking about this self-destruction, but the, an in, the inspired zeal to go to that other side. We're taking your calls. 0891-104207. Facts of Faith. You're listening to Facts of Faith with me now, Yellow Pondona. Good morning. Let's go to the rabbi, Rabbi Nossel. What what should we understand to be the actual construct of heaven? What do you believe about heaven as far as the Jewish faith is concerned? Thanks, Naya. Um, perhaps I can offer you two insights that okay. I think will open up the subject and um, will make it much clearer for us. The first is an insight that we can all understand, especially us South Africans. We love our sport. And um, a match, a football match, or any sports game is made up of two halves or two innings. The first half and the second half. In between is halftime. I remember when I was a young boy, I wasn't particularly good at sports. And the favorite time for me was halftime, because then at least I could be first in the line to get a piece of orange, some nachi maybe, a nice cold glass of water. And this is a very good analogy for what life is all about. The world that we know, the world as we know it, life as we know it is the first half. And we generally tend to think that after the world as we know it ends for ourselves is when a person passes away, so then either there's nothing, which of course I would say all of us are very skeptical about. That's not part of our worldview. People who have a relationship with the Creator do not see that the Creator put us here, and after the time that we have here, it becomes nothing. That doesn't make any sense to us. And so we understand that when the first innings, the first half is over, we then go for our pieces of orange, our nachi, and our first quenching water, which is called heaven. What's so fascinating about the Jewish approach comes from the second insight I want to share with you, and that is a basic insight into the Hebrew language. If I may give a very short in, uh, introduction to Hebrew, in Hebrew, a, he, a noun has a certain ending which will tell about the nature of the noun. Very much like English, so if I say a boy, I know it's in the singular. If I say it's boys, I know it's in the plural. Same thing in Hebrew. But there's a unique suffix, a unique ending of a word in Hebrew called ayim. And ayim means a pair. So if I say uh, anayim, it means a pair of eyes. If I say yadayim, it means a pair of hands. The Hebrew word for heaven is shamayim. Shamayim. And so therefore, if we look into the Hebrew, we have to understand that there's a pair over there. A pair of what? So the basic noun is the word sham. 
Sham in Hebrew means over there. Shamayim, heaven, is a pair of over there. It even rhymes, but that's English. And what we have over here is that, in, according to Jewish teachings, there are two over there's. And those two over there's are exactly what I said in terms of the sports analogy. The first over there is halftime. That's when we're going to get our refreshments, and that's when we're going to see the coach, and then that's where we're going to be told we did well. That's where we're going to be shown we should have done better, and we should have done the other. We should have done a different tactic. And we get insights in halftime. But that's only one over there. There is what we call the resurrection of the dead, and that's the other over there. The other over there is we're coming back. Every single one of us is going to come back onto the field of play and kick off again, but now we are fully informed. We're informed of what our mistakes were. We're fully informed of what the tactics are supposed to be. We've had an opportunity to chat to the coach. We come back to get it right. We come back to score that winning goal. And this answers many, many questions, some of the beautiful questions you've been asking. Why does it make a difference what we did in this world? If the next world is so wonderful, let's go there straight away. The answer is not so simple because, well, the answer is different because the first half counts. It doesn't right. matter what you did in the first half of the game. Did you score or are you losing? So the bottom line is there is a heaven. Most definitely. All right. And is, is this a place that is perfect as it has been described? The first phase of heaven is a spiritual world where we leave our bodies behind and we reboot according to the program. Why do we not want to go there? Because we have the first half. We want to get those goals in the first half. Or let me say differently. But none of us are happy with the goals that we're not getting. We're not achieving our goals in this first half. Everyone is sick and tired of this first half. We, we need to speak to the coach. We need to go into that uh, rock, locker room again, and we have to be re-aligned. Uh, and re-inspired and um, refreshed, that is the first phase which we call heaven. Is it possible that we're being lied to, we're being deceived to think that there is a first half and a second half, or in fact, that there is a second half at all, or a break time? Is it possible that perhaps there is no such thing which informs the reason why people don't want to die? Even Christ didn't want to die. He said, let, 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 let this pass go. And in fact, none of the guys, none of the prophets wanted to die. Is it possible that perhaps they knew what we had, We don't know, that there is no heaven in truth? Is it possible that we're not really here? Is it possible that this conversation and this interview is not happening? But we have not lived in the heavenly world. We're living in this earthly world, so the question doesn't even arise. The reason why for us it's what we call a no-brainer is because there's a purpose to life. Purpose to life is not just to live and to then end. There's an ultimate goal. All right. Let's take some calls for you. Um, 0891-104-207, 0891-104-207. We'll take some calls and read some text messages sent to 34701. And perhaps those who are on Twitter, you can find us on SFM Radio. All right, let's go to Chris and P.E. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Maya. Good morning. What a wonderful topic you are discussing. It is really expi- 
putting some feelings to our humanly uh, deadly life that we are living. We certainly hope for living the better life. You can tell me now there is no life such as this which we are on. Every day we are crying. Every day we are short of something. Every day there is nothing that is positive. But now let's understand one thing. There was, of course, there was a life that was perfect, that was everything in its proper place that was given to us on this earth. Daya, it's not a, an, an invisible situation. It was a re, we could see that in that life, which was here on this earth, practically people that were living here were experiencing the harmonious life that ever been. Firstly, Naya, if we we do some references and checkings, we find that in this life everything was perfect. What what life was this? Oh, Naya, it was a life that you you and me we are living. Where where was this life, sir? This life was here on this planet. Where? This life was yes, Naya. Okay, Chris planet. doesn't want to answer the question. Let's move on to Paul in Cape Town. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, uh, Good morning to your uh, guests. St. Paul, the, the Lord said himself, he chose him to spread his word before kings and under, before, in, under nations, said that in a vision he went up to heaven and he saw there such exquisite things that can't be described in human words. The prophet Elijah went to heaven without dying and on the mount of sorry, glorifies him uh, uh, Peter and John saw Moses and Elijah with the Lord yes. so the Lord uh, heaven is there and uh, you talk about the bombers uh, they believe they go to heaven but they are deceived by the evil one Lucifer they won't go to heaven they will go to hell the same Lucifer that told people in ancient times to worship Baal. Okay. They tell people today to worship ancestors. There is definitely heaven and hell. Do you, you, know, do, do you believe that there is a heaven God, where I Paul? I there is a God because I had a hi-fi that uh, went high-wire. It's a so-called microcomputer. And nothing worked. And under a warranty, they uh, uh, amended it. Paul, do you believe that there is a heaven? I can understand what the, the prophet Elijah, what happened to him and what happened to, the, to, to Moses at the mountain. But, but do you personally believe in heaven? I believe in God. That's why I believe in heaven. But the Bible said heaven will be the earth. That's what the Lord said. There will be a new, a new heaven, a new earth. He will come to us. We will live here on earth. But he will be uh, glorified. There, this... Because St. Paul said he, saw, he went to heaven, he saw uh, the things, and Isaiah, uh, yes, what's he called? Isaiah. So, uh, also saw the Lord. All right. So, in other words, there's uh, uh, St. Paul. How do you get to heaven, Paul? How, how are when you going you to die, get to heaven? I think what happened when all die, then we're dead. Okay. When the, when the Lord comes, judgment comes, we won't die with death. Then he will judge people. Some will go to heaven. The other, uh, most people, as the Bible says, will go to hell because they didn't. Is that what's going to happen to you, Paul? Well, I know it's very difficult for people that can't. Paul, is that what's going to happen to you? Are you going to die and then go to heaven? When I die, yes, I, I'll go to heaven because I believe in God. The, the, okay. the Lord said, "If you believe that Jesus died for you on the cross, that's all. Of, all you can go to heaven." 
not your good works, but the Bible says, and Paul says also, only because you Why would you want to pros- postpone you your going to heaven if you know that you're going to heaven, Paul? There was no need for Christ to die for us. Paul? We can't go to heaven because on our, on our account because we are not good enough. Paul, why are you postponing your going to heaven if you know that you're going to heaven? Surely but heaven today? is better than the life you're living right now, isn't it? Sorry, Gary, can you repeat it, Maya? Why are you postponing going to heaven if you know that when you die, you'll go to heaven? And I'm saying because surely heaven Lord, is by far better uh, than what you're doing right now. You're into this world, and he will decide when you must die. You can't uh, end your own life. Okay. Because the Lord has uh, something for you to do. You know, we are, must be on earth here. All right. I, I hear God. you. I hear you can't end your own life. God must decide. Fair point. Let's go to Joseph and Umtata. Good morning, Joseph. Hi to the panel. Um, just two points, Nye. First, yes, first of all, I think if we if we assume that everybody is afraid of of dying, it's we we are wrong because some people, especially the very staunch believers of faith, whichever faith they believe in, not everybody is a, is scared of dying okay. because they don't know whether there's heaven or there's there's no heaven. Okay. Now, when it comes to people that know that there is heaven. Uh, or the afterlife um, sort of like uh, atmosphere. People, not everybody is scared of that. Okay. I have, I have personally, I have personally witnessed when people are about to die, saying that they are actually glad because now they're giving their souls to the Lord. So are, I think are you we one are of those people, Joseph? Make that kind of assumption. Are you and one of those second, people, Joseph? Say it again. Are you one of those people that are glad to die? Glad to die. Yes. God, let me tell you something, uh, a simple yes. God gives no. you, God gives you a, a a a a task on earth. All right. If you feel, or if you if you if you if you've got faith that you have fulfilled what God has called you for, yes. uh, there is no need to be scared of death. I'm not scared of death at all. All right. So you are ready. If if death came right now, you'd a welcome definite, it. most definitely, nice. All right, because most you believe definitely. there's a heaven and a hell. Yes. Okay. I believe in heaven and, and, and hell, okay. and, and, and I don't want to go to the second point because I just want to give the other people a chance. Fair, fair point. Thank you very much, Joseph. I like okay, that. Thank, thank you, you very much. Let's go to Vuiswa. Good morning, Vuiswa. Uh, good morning, uh, Naya and your panel. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I actually want to uh, concur with the, the, the rabbi's uh, interpretation because I think that's where the secret lies, and that is why, that that's where... Christianity has misinterpreted all these things because uh, it's an anarchy that was meant to empower only Europeans and deceiving Africans that they a heaven. They are going to actually uh, inherit the kingdom of heaven, whereas that's a spirituality concept uh, that one day we will get to the spiritual realms. So the problem now is the, the whole thing, the anarchy that they deceived black people, believing that uh, in heaven they will also have be multimillionaires and things, while they're busy looting and, and plundering the, the resources of the continent. So the heaven and uh, hell uh, concept, it was truly used as a tool, and we need to really move away from it, because anciently there was a belief that there is a memoria, like uh, the other... Yeah, one of your panel has said. So you also believe I, that there is an afterlife? There is. Okay. There is. I think because if you hear stories of or someone like my, uh, what I heard about, I was in exile. My great, my grandfather, when he was about to pass, although he was a victim of the apartheid, he was beaten by the system, the, 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 the special branch. But he could see his uh, uh, ancestors, those who have gone before him, 
before he could leave this world. Is it possible that he could tell that them that I'm so and so and so. So this is where I be strongly believe that there is life after death. But the problem that people fear is the unknown. Is it possible that he was hallucinating perhaps because of the wounds, head injuries? Come again? Is it possible that he was hallucinated due, hallucinating so due to head hallucinating injuries? Hallucinating because people feel when they are about to leave this world. Okay. But I can give you an example of Princess Diana, the Princess of Wales. I read wish, wish she's not African, but I know that she had a feeling that she was about okay. to be moved because somewhere, somehow, I believe, uh, I believe it's communicated to you. Okay. So who is communicating to you that you are going to leave this world? Got it. Thank you very much for this. Okay. I appreciate your call. Let me read some text messages and I'll come back and hear what our guests have to say 0891-104207 and then we take your text messages on 34701 let's go to what Siandam dies saying Sianda says there is heaven and hell there is no doubt about that people are not sure whether their loved ones went to heaven or hell that is why they cry that's Sianda thank you very much Sianda appreciate your call another one says hi Bunai why we, we're crying because we miss them it's human nature even animals grieve it has nothing to do with where they are going spiritually. I'm hoping I'm reading that correctly. Another one says, we are going to die and meet our maker. We do not have an option. That one is not titled. Please feel free to just sign your name when you finish writing your text. Another one says, society is heavenly indoctrinated by fear and patronage. No life after death and no such thing as heaven. When we fail to understand an aspect of life, we rush to think there is someone pulling strings. When we understand any aspect of our life, we then say it's science and within our powers. This is hypocrisy. That's Lemius Mashile. Thank you very much, Lemius. <laughs> I think you need to understand Islam before making such irresponsible statements such as saying you can blow yourself up and go to heaven. First, Islam does not allow suicide at all. That one is signed by a person who does not pay attention. I was not talking about Islam. I was talking about suicide bombers. Suicide bombers, when they speak, they say they are going to heaven. Now, they may not be speaking on behalf of Islam, though that they claim they are. I'm not really talking about Islam. I'm talking about suicide bombers. And I'm saying suicide bombers are looking forward to the afterlife, whatever you want to call it. And that is what they're doing when they're bombing themselves up. And that's it. Making no statements about Islam. How about we invite an Islamic scholar and they will make pronouncements about Islam? Pay attention. Another one says, Naya, I'm impressed. Your guest has so much insight. He seems like a true scholar. Please have more people like this. Another one that is not signed. I wonder which guest you're referring to. Perhaps you're just referring to all of them. I agree with you. Another one says, when person dies, does not go to heaven. He, she lies down until the judgment called. Job 14, verse 12. John 3, verse 13. From D. Josela. Thank you very much, D. Josela. Another one says, the rabbi's analogy of heaven is flawed. In the second half, people are still likely to get it wrong. At least we agree that there is heaven. Let's see, end up again and let's see. Another one says, if you remove what the Bible says from this discussion, the debate is dead. It all starts from believing in the Bible. If you do not believe in it, no facts to engage in this debate. That's Lemias Mashile. Lemias missed the point. We're talking about what the Jews 
believe, what the Christians believe, and also what Africans believe, and they all believe that there is a life after this particular life. So our conversation is predicated not on the Bible, but on what we believe as people in South Africa. Stand by, we have more uh, from our guests shortly after this. Facts of Faith. You're listening to Facts of Faith, and we find out what our guests feel. Uh, Dr. Mdende, um, we are listening to a number of calls and a number of views on text message. Would you like to respond to any before we move on? Yes, I can, I can respond just to two of them quickly. Uh, first of all, no one has ever died and come back and tell us about heaven or hell. Okay. It's something that you are told by believing. Yes. Even whether, whether they've written it down or whatever recorded it, is something that was written by the people who were living here before they died. So that's why I'm saying it's a, it's a mental construct. Okay. And number two, even those who are staunch in saying that there is heaven, they are citing from a text. Yes. Which was written by people. Yes. So that means it's, it's, a, it's a mental construct and nothing else. And with African religion, you are punished here and now. You are rewarded here and now. No one is saying, do this thing, then when you die, you will go to heaven and so on. Here and now, what is important is good human relations in this world. But that is effectively what you're saying, Dr. Mdende, when you say those who die, where there is God. Because it's it's a reward for even the rapist and the murderer and the abuser and the apartheid killer brute. When they die, they all go and be with God. Surely it is a statement that the, wherever God is, it's perfect place. And you, you may not call it heaven, whether you call it or whatever you want to give it, but those people who die, regardless of how they were, they go and become ancestors. They go and stay with God. Surely, surely there is a, a, a misappropriation of right and wrong, of justice in that construct, isn't it? No, 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 no. That's why I'm saying you are punished here and now. Well, if you if you die, uh, having died and uh, done wrong things, in most cases. There are people who confess, we say we are born, who confess now to say, I won't be accepted there, I must say this and that. But not all of them. There are those who die without uh, confessing. What we don't know is what are the levels of that purification there, because none of us had been there. We must just be honest, Naye. No one in this world knows what happened after death. So where do but you get your construct, then of the afterlife? There is that intrinsic uh, uh, communication between the living and the deceased. Where do we get our construct as Africans of the afterlife? Where do we get that from? The concept is... is, is is the that intrinsic communication between between the deceased and the living because they would appear to us saying I'm so and so. Okay, so you, we and believe sometimes in, in, this is so and so who was not living during the time of your death and you don't know about that. So there is that communication. 
and, that and happened. Okay, so so if 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 you as an African believe that there is an afterlife based on what you believe you was were told by the person who died and has come back to tell you, it is the same as those who believe that they were told by some spirit, by some god, by some angel. It's the same thing. There is no difference whatsoever. Well, it's just because. I don't have the concept of an angel. I wouldn't give you an answer to that because I don't know whether an angel was somebody who was living. It doesn't have to be an angel, Mom. Then I'm simply talking about somebody who tells you who's not in this world, who comes back to tell you that. If 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 somebody has got a revelation from those who have departed, then I would say it's the same. Okay, all right, Rabbi, and also. Well, uh, if I can return back to um, the the understanding that I shared with you, there is an ultimate goal. The goal is not to be in the first part of heaven. The goal is to be back here on earth. The goal of life is to partner God in making this a beautiful world. Uh, we, we, may, we may appreciate that there's a goal there, uh, uh, Rabbi, but is it possible that when we speak about this, we're depending on a document penned down by people who may have been using it to control you as a Jew? It's possible, but if we use our minds and our understanding and our hearts, we can get to the same conclusions as we read in the Bible. So you're just asking us to believe. It's a confirmation. The Bible is a confirmation of that which we have been programmed deep inside of us because we are the handiwork of God. Okay. Uh, Reverend uh, Willem? One of the things that I, I, I think comes out of this discussion now is, is exactly the, your emphasis on uh, death and its pain uh, is, is, is the fact that in, in Christian faith, uh, the, the problem uh, about working for afterlife or uh, a belief in afterlife is not unrelated to what we define as sin, alienation. Uh, perhaps if I take the example or the metaphor that the rabbi used, uh, that the problem of our alienation to the giftedness of the first half uh, of, of our life. Uh, if we uh, uh, then bring life as a gift uh, uh, to contrast, you know, the uh, ambivalence of death, it means that uh, uh, the gratuity, living life in a gratuitous gratuit manner, uh, creates uh, you know, this this desire, it contributes to the path towards uh, uh, achieving, you know, the second half. Another text it, message it, it, suggested it, 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 that uh, your, your views as a Christian are predicated on a document that was penned in uh, the Council of Nicaea. <laughs> Excuse me. A, a figment of people's imagination. Yes, uh, Nicaea, you will be right, uh, but remember this. Uh, what I'm trying to explain here is that in, in trying to, to capture these concepts, uh, uh, there will always be worldviews, there will always be uh, philosophical views. Uh, for example, we differ 
in how we understand time. Africans have a particular understanding of what time is, what its contents are, and so on. So in explaining uh, the afterlife, your introductory remark is extremely important. We use our philosophies, our cultural worldviews, systems of knowledge, to try and construct our own understanding. And the danger is that if we begin to impose uh, our own constructs of what we think about the afterlife, we create problems that we have seen in South Africa. All right. Let's go back to Dr. Mdende. Dr. Mdende, when we speak of the African view of the afterlife, it seems as though it is not so pleasant after all, to the point that in the afterlife, people starve, people are thirsty, hence they need to be fed, hence they need to be given alcohol, and it is winter, constant winter there, because they come back saying, it seems as though this afterlife is not a desirable place to be as far as the African construct is concerned. <laughs> no, no, we must not take that literally. <laughs> these, these are metaphors that are being used. Though they, they manifest themselves in us having to spend money, literally. No, no, no. I'm saying because of that uh, uh, constant communication, uh, people must come together and remember those who have departed. But when you remember those who have departed, there are many ways of remembering those who have departed. For instance, if Mamandende passes on and is remembered, people must sing and dance. Yes. Must sing and dance, remembering that person. And secondly, you must also understand, Inai, that I'm, taking, I'm talking now as a tosser. Yes. Now, when, during communicating before the... Abambo, that is what is called the fingers now. Yes. Those people who ran away from Shaka. Before they came to the Eastern Cape, Amatrasa were not using African beer. They were using Amasi, that is sour milk. Yes. And then it was introduced during the time of Omandengo. And later on, the white people, they came with brandy. Now people are using brandy. It's not that this is a, a way of communicating. It's not that People are using what is available in front of them. Now, coming to the metaphors you're talking about, because a person wants uh, 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 that communication to be intact, that communication, a deceased person, there must be a ritual to mourn that person, to bring that mourning, and to bring back that the person must look at us and protect us. So all that is done in a communal way of life. There are family members and so on and so on. That is why there must be food and so on and so on. But there is that spiritual aspect where now people uh, have what uh, Professor Willem would call a Eucharist, but we call it Rosham. That is the spiritual binding participation that we are having. Otherwise, it doesn't involve the brandies and so on yes. and so on that one. So that is why you must differentiate between what is used as food and what is used spiritually as sacred in order to dramatize that uh, communication between the two. All right, we'll come back and have the last views from our guests, all Dr. Mdende, Professor Velim, and Rabbi Noso shortly after this. Facts of Faith. 
All right, I'm going to ask you to be as brief as possible, all of you, my honored guests. Let's begin with the good rabbi. Rabbi, we have a story in the um, um, the book of Kings, Second Kings thirteen twenty one. Uh, we see, we learn there of a person who had long died a long time ago, and then the then comes uh, a time of, of of burial for this person. And then when they bury this person, they bury him in a place where there was the bones of a prophet, Elisha. His remains were there. And when they put the the story goes that there was this army coming to attack them and the soldiers ran or the people who were supposed to, to bury him ran. And then they dropped the remains of this person on top of the remains of the prophet Elisha. And that person resurrected is it possible that perhaps this person never went to a heaven or a half time or the second half that this person was actually dead and was resurrected the same applies with lazarus four days that does we're not told that he came from heaven or hell for that matter he was resurrected four days after is it possible that perhaps the truth of the matter is when people die they die period Sounds like it was a bit of an, a bit of a ex- exceptional game. Uh, there was a substitution made in the first half. I'm not sure exactly how to explain it. It's a fascinating uh, question. Um, but all said and done, probably the best insight we can get into this subject is to understand the immortality that God conferred upon man, Adam mankind when he created when god created mankind all right reverend Willem, um you're, you're a parting shot when when we are told of christianity and i'm talking about christianity from your perspective as as reverend professor Willem, because you seem to have uh, very nuanced views of this whole bible thing is it possible again that we are being lied to because this very same bible that tells us of heaven it tells us of people you're telling us now people are going to go to heaven Who's going to determine whether this person goes to heaven or hell? And if they are indeed going to heaven, where is it? South, north, west, this heaven or hell? <laughs> Nay, you referred to the Nicene. Um, and I'm just going to use that as an example of the complexity of this discussion quickly. Nicene, remember, is exactly the reason why, as African people, we became alienated. Uh, alienated in the sense that our worldviews, our philosophies, our cultures were excluded in explaining the concept of afterlife. So I explain the concept of afterlife as an African because we have also been alienated in explaining the concept of the afterlife by theologies that created apartheid, that denigrated the black person, black person's culture, knowledge systems, and so on. So for as long as we are aware of the fact that what we are talking about, as you introduced it, is extremely true. We can be be lied to as a people, as a nation, 
uh, as civilizations also contest about how they explain the Every time we have a conversation, Dr. William, I, I, I'm wondering, why are you irreverent? You don't seem to believe in this Bible of yours. <laughs> Let's go to Dr. Mden. <laughs> Dr. Mden, did you get the, the, part, the, the, the final shot? Um, what is some concept of people when they die, go to the afterlife, and then they come back to me and ask me to spend money? for them in the afterlife. What is some part of me having to spend money for my uncle who was abusing me, for my grandpa who molested my daughter, and so forth? Is it ever possible that perhaps this construct is flawed at conception, that I am now going to have to celebrate people who go to heaven even though they were murderers, they were hypocrites, they were cruel people on this earth, and they go and stay with God? What kind of God is this that stays with such people who are cruel to their own? Now, it's not the question of celebrating when that murderer appears to you. You know, it's not only the murderers and the other people and so on. You would find that even uh, the people who died despising African religion and were in another faith, and when they die, they would reveal themselves to the living that because I didn't uh, perform this and that and that and that, please do this for me. So that is why, with what we can say, they are en route. Perhaps it's, the, it's, it's that half time of, of the rabbi. They are en route to ancestorhood. That is why we believe that when they want this to be performed and so on, it's just because they are not accepted there because they were doing all these wrong things. Got it's it. not a contract, it's a reality because they appear and explain, and some of them have died long ago, Got and right. we wouldn't know who that person is. But